Hello everyone, I'm Lin from IEI and I'm with my colleague Wang Tian today. Hello everyone, great to be here. So welcome to the IEI's Energy and Climate Podcast, episode number two. Today we will do a commentary on one of the latest reports from the World Resources Institute, WRI China, and the School of Environment at Nanjing University. This report demonstrates the different scenarios to the peaking of carbon emissions of Suzhou City, a Chinese city in Jiangsu province, and its 2050 vision of carbon emissions reduction trajectory. I believe that not all of you are familiar with Suzhou, so why don't we give our audience a brief introduction of the city before diving into this topic? Sure. Suzhou is located in Yangtze River Delta and famous for its Chinese classic gardens. The city lies between Shanghai City and Tai Lake, which is the third largest freshwater lake in China. The area of the city is about the same as that of Shanghai City. Suzhou's GDP in 2019 reached nearly 2 trillion yuan, ranking sixth among all Chinese cities. Before the industrial transformation and upgrading, industry had long been the major contributor of Suzhou's GDP. Now the major GDP contributor of Suzhou is the tertiary industry of its economy, namely the service-oriented sectors such as telecom, you know, logistics, catering, and so on. I guess the industrial transformation should have a positive impact on the city's carbon emissions. Am I right? Yes, you are right. The transformation and upgrading do help the reduction of carbon emissions of the city, since the energy consumption of the city is still dominated by coal. So less industrial activities mean less consumption of coal in the case of Suzhou. So we can see that industrial transformation and upgrading is happening in other parts of the countries, you know, China here as an approach adopted to the reduction of the local carbon emissions. This leads to my next question. What is the reason that Suzhou is doing it? And why does Suzhou want to reach the local peak of carbon emissions? Um, let's view the reason from three levels. The report believes that achieving net zero of greenhouse gases emissions is necessary for addressing climate change. Internationally speaking, the Paris Agreement and the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the so-called IPCC. They both put forward that countries need to work together to control global temperature. The Paris Agreement requires countries to submit long-term strategy in response to climate change. Currently, there are 38 countries that have submitted long-term strategy to the UNFCCC Secretary. Accounting for 26 of the total global carbon emissions. Secondly, at the national level, China, the central government of China, supports optimized developed regions to peak the local carbon emissions in the 13th five-year plan for controlling greenhouse gases emissions. Lastly, at the local level, Suzhou's per capita carbon emissions are at a relatively high level. Its industrial sector still accounts for a large part of the economy, the energy consumption structure has yet to be optimized. So there is still potential for progress in low carbon development. I see. Wait, 
You just mentioned some arguments made by the authors earlier. Perhaps you could give us a rapid overview of the report. Sure. So the authors used scenario analysis to estimate Suzhou's trend of carbon emissions from 2018 through to 2050, taking 2017 as a base year. They set up two scenarios in 2020 and 2050, and analyzed the city's possible carbon emissions trajectories. In the 2020 scenario, Suzhou will peak carbon emissions that year. The authors put forward an optimized approach to the reduction of carbon emissions, looking at how to achieve a stable reduction of emissions from 2020 until 2050. They call it 2050 Vision Scenario. Lastly, the authors offered a policy proposal for successfully realizing these scenarios. Hmm, that sounds interesting. Could you talk a bit more about the scenarios as well as the optimized approach specifically? Of course. So, in the 2020 scenario, industrial sectors are the key sources of CO2 emissions in Suzhou. In 2020, industrial sectors will reach a carbon emissions peak value of 140 million tons of CO2, accounting for around 85% of total carbon emissions in Suzhou, followed by a continued decline. Of these, the power and steel industries are the main sources of carbon emissions, which peaked in 2019. The peak value of power generation and steel industries were both around 40% of total carbon emissions from Suzhou. Under the 2050 vision scenario, industrial sectors are still the largest source of carbon emissions in Suzhou, but total emissions and percentages are significantly lower than 2020 scenario. There are two main reasons for this. The first reason is the replacement of power generation units, transfer of power from clean power sources outside Suzhou, the development of clean energy in Suzhou, the promotion of carbon capture and storage (CCS, so-called), and other advanced technologies in power sector, causing significant drops in carbon emissions after 2021. The second reason is the relocation of energy-intensive processing at Sha Gang Steel, so that's a big steel uh, company from Jiangsu Province. The promotion of CCS and other advanced technologies in steel industry, so that the carbon emissions has also dropped significantly since 2021. As for the 2050 vision scenario, that involves moving forward. Relocation and renovation of large-scale projects, promoting the use of clean energy in the power and transport sectors to replace fossil fuels, and promoting advanced low-carbon technologies such as CCS in energy-intensive industries. Well, having heard this, I'm wondering what is the difference in carbon emissions between scenario 2020 and 2050? In both scenarios, Suzhou peak. Carbon emissions in 2020. Under the 2020 scenario, Suzhou's total carbon emissions in 2020 are expected to peak around 160 million tons. Carbon emission per unit of GDP has continued on a steady downward trend. In contrast, in 2050 scenario, 
total emissions are estimated around 34 million tons, with a drastic drop on per unit GDP emissions and per capita carbon emissions, which means carbon emissions per person. The 2050 scenario, this will drop to 3 tons per person compared to around 15 tons per person in the 2020 scenario. Yes, I do indeed hope that Suzhou can achieve these goals, you know, to contribute the reduction of global greenhouse gas emissions. After reading the conclusion and the policy recommendations made by the authors, I get the following information too. The industrial sectors can peak by 2020, a key factor affecting overall peaking in Suzhou. Clean energy, low carbon technology, and the closure or recollation of major projects are the key factors in Suzhou achieving considerable long-term emissions reductions. And as for the policy recommendation, it refers to Suzhou's industrial structure, energy mix, industry, building, transport, and other fields. The authors made policy recommendation for the 14th five-year plan and long-term strategy for Suzhou's low-carbon development, respectively. For short-term objectives, for example, you know, to promote upgrades and transitions in tra traditional industries, especially energy-intensive industries. Also, to accelerate the development of a modern service industry, etc. To achieve 2050 vision scenario, for example, they recommend to eliminate outdated production methods and, you know, update traditional industries over the next 10 to 15 years. Also, to, you know, complete assessment system for energy audits and carbon emissions, to selectively develop emerging industries and high-tech industries, as well as to vigorously develop production-based service industries and emphasize development of high-end service industries, and so on forth. Yes, as you explained, these are really reasonable policy suggestions. Having said so much about the main contents of the report, I can talk a bit about the limitations of the report. So first of all, the research subject focused on only the large-sized enterprises in Suzhou, not the small and medium-sized ones, the so-called SMEs. Secondly, the report underestimated the construction and transport sector's contribution to the city's total emissions. That's because when calculating the emissions, the authors didn't take into account the power consumption from those two sectors mainly because of the data availability. So lastly, the report doesn't demonstrate the impact of COVID-19 on Suzhou's economy and society and the related emissions fluctuations. Mm, thank you for um, explaining the limitations, which should be helpful to understand both sides of the story. I do feel it's a meaningful attempt to accurately estimate Suzhou's carbon emissions and put forward policy proposals for achieving the goals, the targets, and the scenarios we heard about. I do have one more question. Having heard so much about Suzhou, I'm curious about other cities' performance on the reduction of carbon emissions. 
For example, those with a similar size, the population, economy, and a similar industrial structure. Do you have any suggestions for them based on Suzhou's situation? That's a good question. In 2019, Suzhou ranked sixth on the GDP ranking list of Chinese cities, with around two trillion yuan GDP. I think Chongqing and Chengdu are similar to Suzhou in terms of GDP, industrial structure, and population. Despite these factors contributing carbon emissions varying between cities, it is a useful report for understanding Suzhou's approach to the reduction of carbon emissions. It is particularly useful for other cities with economies dominated by industry like Suzhou, for example, Chongqing and Chengdu city. In general, the key to reaching these cities' peak carbon emissions in the next few years lies in the adjustment of industrial structure, energy conservation, and the improvement of energy efficiency. But if you want to realize decarbonization by the middle of this century, it is important to use clean energy, promote low-carbon technologies such as CCS and emission reduction measures in the transport and construction sectors. Since industrial emissions are currently high in most of Uh, the areas in China, the experiences of Suzhou may be applicable to many other cities, not only in China but also to the cities alike worldwide. Well, that's good to know. And so far, I think our audience has learned so much about Suzhou's trajectory to the reduction of carbon emissions. And we do have another questions, and we send them to the authors. Hope they will get back to us with informative answers. These questions include: What is the impact of COVID-19 on Suzhou's carbon emissions? What would the role of carbon pricing be when Suzhou is decarbonizing? The relationship between Suzhou's economic growth and carbon emission decoupling, and so on. We will share the answers in our next episode if they do get back to us quick. And so I hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. And if you have questions about this report or any others, feel free to leave your comments. We value and cherish all your reviews. Until then, see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.